Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be examining how we can make better confessions. That's right. We're going to give you some practical tips to get the most out of confession and really open yourself up to repentance and the forgiveness of God. St. Augustine, who authored the confessions and had one of the most epic conversions in the history of the church, shares the confession of evil works is the first beginning of good works. So it's kind of important that we would confess well. topic here. Yeah, I'm um, stoked about this. I really liked uh, the conversation we had planning for this, and I, I think we're uh, really excited to hear, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. take on on how they prepare for confession. Yeah, I mean, there's confession and there's a good confession. I mean, how often have you went into confession and left some of your sins kind of hidden in a cabinet? How often have you not really fully opened up? How often has it become something that's mechanical and it's just a formality of of a sacrament instead of a real cri de corps, a real opening up of yourself and a real moment of repentance and conversion. Good that, word there. Cri de corps. Beautiful. What does that mean? It's a cry of the heart. This yeah. is not beautiful. Yeah, I didn't know that. Look at that. <laughs> but but it's so Creative. true. I, you know, you saying that, I remember back when I was a kid and going to confession and not burying my soul and still walking out of the confessional and burying that disposition of sadness. Yeah. And and it's true. We we need to make good confessions and that's what this show is about. Is making a thorough and deep confession so that the effect of the sacrament can be clearly experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people have experienced this. They go in the confession and they will confess maybe the bare minimum that they need to. And it's almost like mechanics. It's like you're kind of going through the surface level of, okay, I I spoke ill of my neighbor. I, you know, I, I gossiped. Kind of number. It's like a checklist. And, and that's important, you know, to have a recollective experience of, you know, kind and number, but you can't stop there. Like you have to realize how these sins or these activities of your life since your last confession are affecting you spiritually. Mm -hmm. And you want to open up the depth of your soul within the context of confession yeah. in those spaces. Yeah, I mean I think of Mary Magdalene getting on the you know getting on the ground weeping and cleaning the Lord's feet with her tears in her hair. True that's contrition. The kind of, that's the kind of confession you want. Yeah. Not a you know I told Delacross he was a wiener and I called Howard a nerd, you know, and well, I witnessed I that mean, yesterday. If you're sorry <laughs> for it and it's from the heart. Yeah. Are you sorry? So, for <laughs> well no, that's why I'm trying to do this episode because I'm not sorry for it. I still feel justified in it. But um, yeah, so let, let's talk about it. Like I think the first step in really understanding how to make a good confession is really understanding why you start to feel the need to go to confession. Like how your conscience starts to pick on you and how you're like I mean, I mean there's obviously like the 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 self-awareness of having committed a mortal sin. Okay. That's that's an obvious one. Okay. And that's the uh, um, the technical aspect of it, I'd say. But how do you really know, like, look, man, it's time to get rid of this and really free myself and really be able to, you know, clean the gunk off my wings so I can actually fly, you know? Sheila, it's like, you know, it's so important to realize that feeling of a need to go is really based on a relationship with God that you're having on a day-to-day basis. And that that relationship is the premise of of what is the catalyst to that movement of actually going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, my experience in confession is that it's 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 part of your journey and your relationship with Christ and the church. It develops over time, um, and and it's something that should be considered uh, as a staple of your relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is not because like, we're always sinners. Right? Like we're always you're always going to be sinning. Like yeah. the whole premise of the church is to pour out the mercy of mm-hmm. God to draw people closer to Christ. These are things that he instituted. They're lifelong. The sacraments mm-hmm. are lifelong. Our baptism never goes away. Mm-hmm. It's constantly there. Um, it can be fed spiritually by reading scriptures, by going, mm-hmm. receiving sacraments. The confession is the same thing. And so like what a lot of people think is like, 
I, it's kind of like a nitpicky thing. It's like, I did this and then I feel bad. And then I shouldn't even go to confession. Cause last time I went and it's, it's like, no, yeah. if you, if you look at this and take a step back, what you're doing is you're incorporating something into the life of God inside of you that he's mm. granted to you through baptism. And so feeling the need to go, there's a difference between guilt and contrition. Contrition is something we can pray for. It's a grace. It's a grace from God. If, if you're going to make confession a part of your spiritual life, that's the prayer you want. Mm -hmm. You want to see how sinful you are. You want to be able to do Amen. it because you, you're because you, when you take that real contrition to Christ, that's that's the synapsis of your joy and your love for him. Amen. Right. And isn't like, that scene in the description that you shared of Mary Magdalene at the yes. feet of Jesus? Yeah. Like that's exactly it. And like you said, like Jesus instituted this in his church. He instituted this relationship. The incarnation is God yeah. <laughs> literally coming to earth to establish and institute this relationship. Uh, so when he he wants this in the church active in the gospel of John chapter 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And this is exactly what you're saying, Delacrosse, is Jesus institutes this in the church and he puts it into motion. And we get to participate in this mm -hmm. beautiful, intimate relationship with God who is merciful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your prayer for contrition develops over time. Yes. Like, I mean, I look at my contrition in the, the beginning stages after I had my conversion uh, and, and, and how that contrition has developed and matured, mm -hmm. right? Like... Like I, I, you know, like the, 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 the suffering that I inflict on myself, you know, and the contrition that I experience now has developed over time. It, it was, it's not just this constant contrition. That's the same. It's, it's a relationship that you have. And I think that's very important as we go into this to say, Hey, look, if, if you're going to incorporate confession in your life, pray for a perfect contrition, pray to see your sins mm -hmm. and tell Jesus that you want to be closer to him through the sacrament that he's granted the church, mm -hmm. because that's what it's for. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a great tip in making a good confession is finding the distinction as to why you're going to confession. Right. You know, is it guilt? Is it contrition? Is it a full openness and a... Um, mm -hmm. a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe like a vulnerability to God where you're completely open with God. Anything that's done in the darkness comes to light. And if you're holding back anything because you don't, you're keeping up just a little bit of a wall to protect yourself, you're, you're short selling your relationship with Christ and you're short selling your ability to receive forgiveness. You know, there's something to be said for guilt. Guilt is good. You should feel guilty when you do something. You're standing self-accused by Thank your own God. conscience. Uh. But then the desire for contrition is even more powerful than just guilt alone. Guilt alone is what Judas led, you know, is why Judas hung himself. Contrition is why Peter's the first pope, right? And there's a big difference between those types of things. They're, they're a progression, and one shouldn't exist without the other. Contrition without guilt is empty, and guilt without contrition is damning, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I want to share um, some wisdom here from St. Francis de Sales in, in that respect. And bringing your deeds to the light is, is very important. But, you know, people may have the question, and I hear it all the time, like, why do I have to confess my sins to a priest? We actually did a show sure. on that, and we could link that show in, in the show notes for this. But um, you know, why? Why would I manifest my, my sins in the context of something like that? Well, Christ in his, in his wisdom, ultimate wisdom, established the order of the priesthood, you know, as in persona Christi, he is continuing this ministry of forgiveness so that we can come into these vulnerable positions, open, ourse open ourselves up in the context with someone that is flesh and blood in front of you. And that is helpful mm -hmm. to express contrition because, you know, when I, when I think about who I've opened up my heart to um, in my life, primarily, like at the deepest level, was my confessor. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I could truly be myself. Yeah. And it's the only place that I could truly be myself in all reality. You're not holding back anything. You're not holding I, back anything. I learned so much from Father Moore mm -hmm. in uh, the seminary, like, because I would just throw it all out. Amen. And he would just direct all of what I threw out. He would just direct it to God. And he's like, you know, you can share this with mm -hmm. him. You can, And so, 
like my relationship with God grew into a more of a more of a, a, a personal relationship. I don't want to cheapen yeah. that word, but it, it was more, you know, personal. Like he, he wants to hear all this stuff. Amen. Yeah, like. And he, and he is so, and I agree. He was my spiritual director as well, yeah. all throughout the major seminary. And he almost becomes invisible. Monsignor Michael Moore, he becomes invisible in the sacrament and it gives you such an openness to just pour everything out. And like you said, he just continues to direct it to Jesus, direct yeah. it to Jesus. And um, what a gift to have a priest like that. Yeah. But to approach every priest like that. Mm -hmm. Because St. Faustina explains in her diary, you know, which if you haven't had a chance to check out her diary, make sure you get one because it's it's so helpful to the spiritual life, yes, especially yeah. as it relates to God's mercy. And, and there's so many sections in here on reconciliation. But to approach your confessor with prayer and and with the with the understanding that you are approaching Christ in the priesthood right and and to pray for your confessor before you before I mean, you go oh, that's a good tip yeah ultimately her, he had to die right mm -hmm. jesus had to die he had to rise from the dead like all of this would not make sense without it and then the gift of the holy spirit and the apostles and those whom he called a lot of them, you know, most of them are, you know, they're humans just like us. But the fact that he can come to us in the Eucharist through your hands and the hands of other priests and the fact that he can actually reach into our souls and clean us out, Amen. right, after this contrition. Amen. How does that happen? Like, I feel like the weight that I have from sin is completely lifted off of my soul. Mm. I see things clearly. I do things I don't normally do out of love for other people. Like I'm, I'm able to love more because I'm not loving myself and committing sins. You know, like if if anything, developing this relationship with Christ is the, is the fruit of His mercy, but it's also like being present as Him in the world. Like mm -hmm. you know, be you know, being I don't know, being a better Christian or living a better Christian life. I think is where I'm going with that, but, mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of benefits that people just don't know about. Mm -hmm. So, so you guys just talked about Monsignor Moore and then you just talked about St. Faustina talking about how to, you know, pray for your confessor. But I think that's a good thing that a lot of people mm. have a question on. It's like, how do I find the right confessor for me? Cause there's, there's a lot of priests around, there's a lot of options. And the reality is, is that different styles of, of hearing confessions exist. I mean, there's great, um, confessors like, you know, John Vianney and, and Padre Pio. And there's other ones who are, you know, fulfilling the requirements of their priesthood. And there's, there is a difference. So what are some tips on finding a confessor that's, that's right for you, you know, and, that you could really open up to? Yeah. And I would, and I would say, um, the right confessor is the confessor that has been sent to you. Yeah. So approaching the sacrament, in, in the reality of being in a geographical location and searching for a priest and times for confession, doing that prayerfully and intentionally, entering into the confessional that you enter into, God is presenting the priest that you need, mm -hmm. you know, but, but to open yourself confidently to that relationship. Outside of that, when it comes to the charism of, of, of ministry of counsel, for example, or other charismatic gifts related to priest confessors, clearly, you know, when Padre Pio is reading your soul, yeah. what a gift. Sure. I'd, I'd love to have Padre Pio, you know, grill me, you know, yeah. and, and like, please, you know, but between St. Faustina and Padre Pio, I turn to them all the time in preparation of a good, good confession. Mm -hmm. So the way that I prepare is, is first and foremost, you know, what you were sharing before Delacrosse, I first recognize the fact that my heart feels the effects of sin. Like yeah. I, I, I feel it. Like I, I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul. And now I know that I need to go. And this has come after 20 years of going to confession right. regularly every month at minimum. So, and know, it's also your journey of contrition too is developed. Mm -hmm. and, and it has. And so if somebody's here is thinking about going to confession or going back to church. Like that's part of your, your spiritual journey is pray for this contrition. Yeah. It's very valuable and taking to the confession mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and having phenomenal mystics that, that had the charism of reading souls like a Faustina, like a Padre Pio, you know, what a gift to have them intercede for you so that you can make mm. a good confession. Um, but approach your priest, approach your confessor with the mindset that Christ will indeed minister to your soul because he has been sent by God to 
do that. Now, outside of that, we have Missionaries of Mercy. Um, we could put the we mm-hmm. could put the link in uh, the show notes, which gives you access to wherever a Missionary of Mercy is. So, and, and you are a Missionary of Mercy, mm-hmm. which is a priest given special faculty for confession because of their nature as mercy-filled priests. It's the faculties of Peter. Yeah. You know, you, so you, you have like a Petrine mm-hmm. faculty as a, what's a papal faculty as a parish priest. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. Okay. The, the successor of St. Peter, you know, the Pope, um, I, know I, I share, <laughs> I share in, in his ministry and faculties of mercy. Fully. So you're a deputized almost like that. It, it's incredible. Yeah, the way that Pope Francis has established our order in the Pontifical Council for the New Evangelization, and he's granted us uh, the status of, of being in order, practically, mm-hmm. you know, and it is an order of, and it is ordained by the Pope himself, so that the fullness of the faculties of his mercy is impacting the world wow. on a daily basis. So there are missionaries of mercy all around the world. And uh, if you click on this website that Shields put I'm in the show right notes, now. yeah, you know you'll you'll be able to find, uh, you know, so a what, local what's missionary. So you just you just contact this this priest and say I want to go to confession. Mm-hmm. You yeah. you can if if there's a if there's a specific need that that you're really you're really carrying something that that deserves that faculty or mm-hmm. that charism. Um, but I say that also in the light of the fact that you know you you have a priest with the faculties to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation in your parish in your parish and yeah. that's where that's where you ought to go now right. I'll, I'll say I'll say something for some people a little bit more anonymity than seeing their parish priest is going to help them open up so a practical tip is for most people you're going to have multiple options in parishes within a reasonable driving distance I mean certainly within an hour you're going to have at least five churches in most areas. And there are some churches out there that only provide confession for 15 minutes. Sure. You know, th- that's, not, that's not the type of church that you probably want to go to for confession. Mm-hmm. You want to go to a place where, you know, they are... There's, there's a, a vibrant... There's a vibrancy to the sacrament, yeah. and there's an availability. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you're in a parish where, you know, they only allot 15 minutes, to be able to set up an appointment with your priest to be able to go to confession, that's that's the route that you should go. Yeah, I, I would just say that there's there's some people who have a preference of sitting in person with a priest and really looking eye to eye and having a very personal um, conversation to really let things out. And that kind of face-to-face can really elicit that. And then there's other people who, look, they can really let it all go when they're behind a screen mm-hmm. and it's a priest they don't know and they can just kind of feel that freedom of not feeling judged by someone who might know that. Yeah. There, there, there's a difference in people. So kind of determine which one are you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Do you want to have someone who you trust and you know and can sit down face-to-face and be honest with? Or do you want to have someone, a place where you can really just kind of have a, a secret confession where you spill your secrets, right, with, with, without the fear of being recognized? And that, that's a discernment that each person should make. But I would say that's a very good uh, bifurcation of maybe approaches or attitudes towards yeah. picking a confessor. I, th- I think the other thing, too, is like you were saying, God sends, them, sends you know, confessors to you. Like in mine, it was simple as my schedule, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it was that simple. It's like every day this Polish priest celebrates Mass right after I drop my kids off from school. Mm-hmm. And so once we pick the kids up from school, it's like now you got basketball and all this other stuff. So that's where I go. And he's he's the one where, you know, he yeah. just sits behind the screen. And and when going to him, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't talk a lot back. He doesn't know the language very well either. Um, but I need to be more diligent in my contrition and my, you know, because I'm literally bringing that there mm-hmm. and, and, you know, sharing it with him. I need to make sure I got all the right stuff because sure. he's not going to dig. Yeah. He's going to dig in to get it out. And then the other thing too I'm thinking is, this is not spiritual direction. There is a very big difference between confession and spiritual direction. I That's don't know if point. I'm saying this because I'm angry at people for being in the confessional forever. And I know <laughs> that their sins are not even close to mine. But you have to like, you have to understand that you're going there to confess your sins. You're not going there to get spiritual help. If the priest feels like there's a need to to discuss that with you, I'm sure they will. But you if know, it's a, a good matter, point. Yeah. it is a it's a great point. And it's and you know, there was a great Irish priest who, during a penance service, one of our old Irish brothers, he's like, 
Now, when you go to confession, save us all the dirty details, okay? <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, you don't have to go into a story for every single, you the know, story confessible point. The yeah. story doesn't matter. The point is, is that you have come to the confessional with with a sense of contrition, and you have conceded your will, and you have sinned in this manner, yeah. mm-hmm. and you confess that, right? And opening up that opening up that space of the inner recesses of the heart, that's where we want to go. That's right. But you don't have to share the story around it. How you got or there? Equivocate, or well, that too. That's that's equivocation big... is that's that's borderline not having contrition. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I punched Howard in the face, but he but really was really kind. I mean, look at his face. face. Don't you want to punch him? <laughs> I mean. You understand why I did it, I love right? your face, Howard. You got a beautiful beard. Yeah, you punch him in the face and your hand gets stuck in his beard like a non-Newtonian liquid. Poor Howard. Poor but, Howard. No, but I would say that's that's a good point of, of, of equivocating your sins in the confessional mm-hmm. that you can, you know, you're telling the whole story and you're like, nah, man, it's like you did it. You, you're not trying to explain it away. That's mm-hmm. one of the, I think, a big thing that people do in confession that... Um, or at least I, I know that I have, is that you're like, well, I did this, but then immediately start getting defensive about mm-hmm. it. And you immediately start saying, well, why I did it? Mm-hmm. The priest's like, I don't care. You did it, yeah. right? You know? And I think if it's a matter of conscience to ask a priest during confession, Father, I'm not sure if this is a sin, that's okay. That's good. That's a good thing. Right. Um, but ultimately, the end goal is for you to open up that place that is is affected by human sinfulness, by your own sinfulness, and being able to put words to it. And naming these sins is how you manifest what is happening in your interior life so that you can step out of these things that are restricting your freedom to live as God has called you to live, to live as you ought to live, you know, so that you can manifest and be set free from the bonds of these things. Mm -hmm. I think St. Francis de Sales gives such great wisdom in in that respect. Intro to devout life. If you want to read on confession, I mean, that's, that is the most amazing book on confession. So check that out. And we should probably put a link link to to that. Yeah. Go to your confessor, open your heart to him, display to him all the recesses of your soul. Again, it's it's in that respect that mm-hmm. you, you want to open th- these places. Take the advice that he will give you with the utmost humility and simplicity. For God, who has an infinite love for obedience, frequently renders profitable the counsels we take from others, but especially from those who are the guides of our souls, namely your confessors. Mm-hmm. So opening yourself in that dynamic, God will most certainly, even if you have a confessor that yeah. doesn't give counsel, yeah. and that's okay. You know, it, counsel is an option within the within the it sacrament. Is. But even the experience of, you know, go in peace, I absolve you from all of your sins, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, the 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 right of absolution says a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, says a lot. And thank God it's in the vernacular so that we can understand what's being said in Mm -hmm. in the words of absolution. Yeah. Um, So I think in in preparation for making a good confession, you said like, you know, Father, is this a sin? You're not really sure. Um, What are some ways that people can start to like look at an examination of conscience and really start to prepare themselves for this confession and say, well, did I do this? And like, oh, yeah, I guess I do those kinds of things. Like an examination of conscience, I think, is a very important part of making a good confession mm-hmm. because you might look through a, maybe a, a structured one. Like one of the ones that I like is based on the Ten Commandments because all kind of sins can be categorized under those. But going through that almost systematically and saying, well, yeah, I am guilty of that. Well, oh, I did do that. And you know what? That reminds me I did this or that. It's There's a structure to it that allows you to really recall what it is you've done. So do you have any tips on that? Yeah, and I would say what Delacrosse is doing right now. Like, he's pulling out his phone um, on the show. Some people on the show think that he's pulling out his phone just to, like, check messages and stuff like that. Or, Nobody or wants to talk to me. But but what he's doing right now is he's opening up the Hallow app yeah. because— Act of contrition. Yeah, act of contrition. I mean, this is—these th- things are great. I, I even pray a litany of St. Joseph with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, here you've got— you know, all sorts of ways to prepare for confession just in this app. I mean, obviously, I use it mostly for prayer, but mm-hmm. uh, before uh, going to confession, they have resources, and they have, what, 6,000 different resources in there? 5,000, yeah. 5,000. 
Oh, just and, an and amazing so like, app. you know, to have resources like this at your fingertips, everybody has a cell phone, you know, to be able to use an app like Hallow is very, very helpful to the spiritual life because they're going to give you a substantive uh, examination of conscience yeah, so mean, that you can be prepared. Hollow app, which uh, if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, you can try this app out for free, but they've got an examination, examinations of conscience on here and multiple ones. There's mm-hmm. a, yeah, there's and, a lot. And you're going to find one that really fits your yeah. approach to examination. And some of the, some of the examination of consciences out there ba- base their approach on the Ten Commandments. That's right. helpful. Yeah, and th- there's one in here based on the seven deadly sins on the hollow mm-hmm. app. There's one based on you know, a, uh, just a, a full examine, right? So th- there's a lot of great resources in hollow. And, yeah. and, and, uh, St. Uh, Francis de Sales in that book, they talk about a general confession. I never knew about mm-hmm. a general confession. You can actually take a step back and you look at your life in a decade or however long your journey's been and, and, and realize the, the, the places that you've gone mm-hmm. where, you know, I look at like, you know, some of the stuff that I've done in business, you know, where I'm just like, why did I think that, that was, was good a good time, idea? Yeah. And then I start looking at my, the reasons and the, and that like those types of things, because they're not really, they're not really that sinful, but, mm-hmm. but when you look back at your relationship and you see the lack of trust there, because you're able to look back on it. The general confession in that book is is amazing too, as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different, I, I would say, types of confession too, like approaches to mm-hmm. uh, that spiritual practice. And so. I think general confessions fit in very well in the latter years of life. Not to mm-hmm. say that you shouldn't do it Correct. as a young person. I did it in college, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and it's not something that you want to do over and over and mm-hmm. over again. But it comes at a particular time in your life when when God is really calling you to something like that. Yep. Um, but it's, I see it all the time with people who are older. They remember with great clarity sins that they committed back when they were in their youth. Yeah. And they're like, Father, I don't think I ever confessed this. Well, it's clear that the Spirit, as you're praying, the Spirit's moving you to recognize this so that you can you can bring that to Jesus and his mercy. Mm-hmm. And Now, would they have been absolved for that sin if they went to confession? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would state that they have been absolved. I forgive you of all your sins, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but still there's the, the need for openly stating it, right? Because the words. who can ever keep count of all of their sins? Mm-hmm. Whoever would be able to? And if they, if you had to take a full accounting of every one of your sins, no one would ever receive a full absolution. Especially ever. if the letter of St. James, which I believe is absolutely inspired. <laughs> you know, it's in the Bible. But, um, you know... The righteous man sins seven times a day. Well, it's hard to be able to capture seven times. Seven times, man. Man, I'm I'm super righteous. I sin six point five times a day. Six point five. Super righteous. I'm I'm interested. What's your half sin? Shep, now listen. My my uh, grandfather Ezekiel. He told me this with his bare hands. Okay. He take one of my sins, break it in half, say, "Now you are righteous. You only have six and a half sins." This is right. I this take is this right. other sin. I save it for later. With his bare hands, <laughs> he save it for later. Crack in half. <laughs> sin oh, broken. Gosh. Sin broken in half by my bare hands. Oh, that's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, you know, like we said, Hollow has a lot of great examinations of conscience. Now, I particularly, when I'm getting prepared to go to confession. I like to be in the church, and I like to sit in the you know the sanctuary and, and just and just be prayerful, and then do the examination of conscience there. I, I, it helps me. Now, mm-hmm. some people like to do it beforehand, but I like to be right in the immediacy of I'm about to go in there. I do the examination of conscience, and these are really great guided ways to go about that. Now, I, I you know one that uh, you mentioned before on the seven deadly sins for me. A lot of my examinations earlier on my journey with Christ was really based on the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. But then they really started to develop more, way at a greater depth when I started spending time with the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. And then most recently getting into the eight evil thoughts of Evagrius. Um, between between that approach and where I am spiritually now, I feel like I've I've unlocked a whole nother level of the practice of of going to confession myself just as a penitent. Like mm-hmm. how, how so? Because I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's just a different way to look at yourself, a different structure to okay. to to look at your sins. Like the Ten Commandments, I think, is the most. Uh, traditional, like, look, these are the Ten Commandments, and how in each one of these have you offended 
this commandment. And, and so and many people the, say, well, yeah, I, I, I didn't disobey my parents. Click. I didn't lie. I didn't murder anybody. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. you know, covet my neighbor's goods. I don't even know what that means, but I didn't do it. And then it's like, okay, I went through all the Ten Commandments. I really didn't sin. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like saying, okay, here are some ways that you can sin during these commandments, but they don't really cover, like, the pathway into your soul. Well, yeah. so, like, like right? I'll give, I'll give so an example. Kind of like, I'll give an example here. Like, I, in one of the examinations I do, it's like the Eighth Commandment. I'll just pick that one. Nice. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay, well, have I lied? Have I knowingly and willfully deceived another? Have I perjured myself under oath? Have I gossiped? Committed distraction, which is destroying a person's reputation about, you know, telling others about his faults for no good. Like, you know, Delacrosse, nice guy, but he's kind of a, you know, this or that, right? There's no reason to bring it up. So that's that's detraction. Slander. Have I committed libel? Have I been guilty of rash judgment? So it gives you all the different ways that this commandment can be broken through mm-hmm. sin. So I wouldn't say all, all the ways. A lot of ways. That's, yeah, they, it, they, they propose. They propose yeah. some. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's good. It's a good. It's a good process. Yeah. And then I like that with those, they would typically pair it with the precepts of the church. Have I went to mass? Have I went to confession? Have I prayed for the Holy Father? Have I uh, received at least communion during the Easter season? So, ten commandments and the precepts. That's the most traditional examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is, he's finding. You know, like the seven deadly sins, but then the eight deadly thoughts of Evagrius. I think that's even a, a more internal. I, approach, I like you know? that. I'm going to start trying mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And and I did a and and we could possibly link this too. Sure. But um, my presentation at Lent on the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did that on. We'll put that in the Patreon. Yeah, I I did that for um, preparation for Lent. We did it on uh, the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, which is um, Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we all got together, and it was just like I didn't want to have a candlelight ceremony during Lent where people are bringing food and beverages and drinks, and, you know, it's kind of that setting. So we had a, a, a Mardi Gras celebration, but— I presented on the appetites of the seven deathly Father sins. Father Downer, and I mean, I, I it was it was great though. It was great. Now and I watched that. It was really good. It was so helpful for so many people who approached confession yeah. that week and yeah. the first week of, yeah. of Lent, and they recognized like, wow, these are the inroads to my soul. Like this is how demonic influences are are guiding me and 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 leading me to these different dispositions. One thing that Evagrius says is sadness is one of the eight evil thoughts. Mm-hmm. And how many of us are succumb to sadness on a regular basis? Well, sin Well, he's can, talking about a spiritual sadness. Well, that, that's what right? I mean. So sin can absolutely create a sense of depth of sadness in the soul because you know, God wants to fill us with joy and the fullness of life. What prevents us from living the fullness of life is our human sinfulness and and backtracking that sadness and being able to discern around that sadness, your eyes will be open to different sins in the Holy Spirit that you can recognize in the light so that you could bring out in confession. Mm -hmm. So I I find where I am now personally in, in the discernment factor of preparing for a good confession um, I'm seeing so much more fruits, uh, even in my pastoral care for people, in the eight evil thoughts mm-hmm. of Evagrius and the seven deadly sins. So what would you give as a, as a good tip for somebody? Because you've heard a lot of confessions, you know, and you've heard a lot of different types of how people are opening up and, and confessing their prayers. So what tip would you give for a penitent going into the confessional? What tip would you give to them to just open up while they're in there? Mm-hmm. What's, what's something that you could recommend? Well, you know, I, I truly believe, I'll just answer it in my own sense as a penitent. Some of the greatest experiences I've personally had going to confession is spending a, a, a substantial amount of time praying to the Holy Spirit to open my mind and my heart and soul so that I could come to discern my sins thoroughly and then being able to journal those down and be able to get a sense of where my sin is. I've also turned, like I said before, through the intercession of St. Faustina, and she opened my eyes to particular sins in my, in my life that I never really considered sinful. 
And when that happened, I mean, I remember weeping in, in that confession. And the effect of that, there was just so much freedom and the experience of being loved in an area that I was sad in. Um, th those, the depth of catharsis is available, but we, we have to pray to the Holy Spirit. I, I am a firm believer in praying to the Spirit and turning to intercessory prayer. Um, and, and then also um, having others that you can kind of journey through an examination of conscience with um, so that you can kind of get a, a better understanding on where am I personally um, and receiving counsel like, you know, like St. Francis de Sales is saying, receiving counsel on what is sinful mm -hmm. is, is also very, very helpful. And that could be done online. There's so many resources out there that can help you come to a greater understanding, but you want that to kind of drop from your brain into your gut and your heart so that you could recognize it and then, and then, you know, pour it out, let it go into the mercy of God's love for you. And that is done most appropriately in the, in the, in the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who comes into the confessional and, and, is repeating the same sin time and time again, month after month. I mean, there's so many people who have kind of these uh, neuropathies of sin, and it's just, you know, that's their struggle. The devil, the devil entices people to such despondency in that. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's like you are hopeless. You're never going to be able to get over the sin that you continue to just yeah. stop going to confession. Mm -hmm. And that's the devil's tactics for yeah. sure. Um, but what I say is like, look, at your baptism, <laughs> you know, the priest clothed you with a white garment and charged you to keep that garment clean. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to go out as a kid in white or as an adult and you're going to get dirty. Mm -hmm. The idea is you wash your clothes, don't you? Like you, you wash your baptismal garment by going to confession. And if you fall in the same place and your knees get dirty because you're running around the playground, you know, just wash your knee area. Mm -hmm. Spend a little bit of extra time washing out the fabric and the and and the fibers within your within your cloth and just continue to maintain a discipline of cleansing. You know, one of the one of the priests from the Apostolic Penitentiary, big shout out to Don Charlie, um, he heard my father's confession after 40 some odd years. And and my dad tells a story to everybody, but he's like, you know, he was trying to help him through confession. And it was a perfect example because my dad, like at the time, like took two, three showers a day, you know, and it's, you know, he's always clean and uh, he's got to look good, you know, um, but he, <laughs> I bust my dad's chops all I'm the just time. looking at all the genetics. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, like. I was thinking the same thing. He, tur he turned to him and he said, um, you know, Rich, you know, it's like taking a shower. You haven't taken a shower in 45 years or whatever it was, like 40-something years. You're a stinky boy. Yeah. You know, it's like the discipline of taking a shower and being clean and fresh, so fresh and so clean, yeah. that's that's the idea behind it. So and, don't, and it, don't be despondent if you continue to confess the same things. Right, and then also, again, going back to what I was saying before, is like contrition is in, it's, there's an evolution of contrition where... I would say in, in the beginning stages, you're like, well, I just did this again. And, you know, the devil's tricked you that time, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But but after, you know, going through that, and <laughs> yeah. then, then it does become like <laughs> yeah. a shower. Yeah. Right? It doesn't become like this this moment in time yeah. where the skies open up and now you're all of a sudden good. Or and you may again. have that once in a lifetime or or maybe well, a few times in life, which is good. You, but you may have an experience of reconciliation yeah. like that, but it is, it is more of a... A rinsing, amen. And I think I think a lot of uh, our culture builds it, uh, prides itself in being good at something or be doing well and and accomplishing your goals and 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 I think confession kind of just meets all that cultural significance out, right? Mm. It's like you're never going to reach your goal. Yeah. The goal is heaven. Right? Isn't that, that's a really good point. It, it's a cultural thing that we put that allows the devil to you know sneak in there and say. You know, uh, what, are you, what are you doing this for? You're not getting better. Everybody else is getting better at stuff. You're kind of stuck in this rut. And so the, the idea is, okay, well, you know what? I tried the confession thing. It really doesn't work. I mm -hmm. think their perception of confession is completely obliterated by all the cultural signals that are out there. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because, you know, the, the end result teleologically 
is the eternal gaze of the Father and the beatific vision. Yeah. Like that that's not going to be accomplished on on earth. Mm-mm. And and the transformation that we experience in life in, in in my opinion and I'm definitely looking at this through the lens of of mercy as a missionary but like the only hope that we have in this life is to be exposed to God's mercy on a daily basis. Yeah. As a sinner. No. And that's what transforms the outlook. So, you know, if I just turn from the merciful father and I just go out into the world, well, I'm just going to be exchanging eye for eye, tooth for tooth on a daily basis. And I'm going to be exchanging sin for sin. But, you know, possibly I can turn from the father for a moment and a glimpse in time where I could show mercy in this occasion because I've received it. Mm -hmm. Now, how would you separate that? Because I I agree 100% with what you guys are saying about, yeah, it's like a shower. You know, you know you're going to do it and you have to go and maintain it. But how do you then separate that from maybe the the, uh, presumption of forgiveness, which is a sin in and of itself? Like, look, I know I do this. I'm going to do it and just go to confession. And then how how do you separate it from that where you're just like, I'm going to do it and this is the remedy for it. Contrition. Contrition. Yeah, but, but is it contrition if you're saying, look, I'm just going to confess. I'm going to do it now. I know I can go to confession later. I mean, right? I mean, are you really looking to amend your life? Are you really... You wouldn't you go to confession if... A lot of people do, dude. A lot of people I, say, look, I like watching porn. I like, like smoking yeah. crack. I like, you know... Killing rabbits, whatever it is you should do, right? Killing rabbits, and know, smoking crack, smoking crack, killing rabbits, and watching porn. I'm a weird dude, right? Uh, 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 uh. So they do stuff, and they say, "Look, but I am a Catholic, and I'll just go to confession." Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to put a caricature on this. Okay. Guy. I'm, I'm, I'm like already in Looney yeah. Tunes right now. Well, it's yeah. He's got over. Look, he's got just, overalls. Look, on. okay, let's be serious. This is Elmer Fudd, all right? <laughs> um, so Elmer Fudd's like, well, how do you get? You know, he knows he's going to do this. So if he keeps going back and doing the same thing, I know that you, you stumble and fall and you have to go back to confession. So I'm not encouraging to say that, but I'm saying, how do you make sure that when you are receiving absolution, you really are making a firm resolution to sin no more, right? And now, even if you stumble, how do you separate that thought, Father Rich? I think it's, I think it's hatred for sin. You know, like... Even even in my own even in my own case of repeated sins and offenses to God, smoking crack killed rabbits. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I, I just like rabbits too, yeah. and mix that with a little bit of crack. I a mean, little crack. Like, I mean, that just makes it. <laughs> Chef, this is so bad. <laughs> bad examples, but um, but no, like, you know, when it when it comes down to it. What's grown within me is a hatred for sin. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good thing. To come to despise and hate the world in which we live, it's, it's, it's not the created order that God has created. That's beautiful. It's worthy of love. And to adore the, the work of his hands, like that's important. But the fall and, and our human sinfulness, that's something that we, we grow to disdain. Mm-hmm. And, you know... That growth is the most important thing, and it and and it deserves a resolve. Now, presumption of God's mercy is one of the worst things that you could ever get sucked into. It's mm-hmm. like you're you're conceding your will, knowing very well that it's flagrant. This is yeah. This yeah, is fl- flagrant. That's it's flagrant. Yeah. yeah, right. It's like a flagrant foul. Yeah, right? you're like, oh, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> it, it's nearing. It's That's nearing great. like apostasy. I mean, like it's it's just. Blasphemy, almost. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a really. That's a serious sin. It's a serious sin, but you have to be a, you have to be, seriously twisted to, to mm-hmm. like. And and some people presume. I think some people presume that they are presumptuous. No. Well, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. I, I think some people presume this in a very innocent way because they don't really under. It's again the journey of mercy, the mm-hmm. journey of contrition. Mm-hmm. I'm way more mature at my contrition than I was, you know, when I first started practicing my faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as uh, drastic up and down. It's it's more, you know, I, I would say a simple movement of my heart. Like it's not a a drastic thing. But the presumption, I think, with people, I think it's easy to fall into, but when it's deliberate, when it's deliberate, yeah. like, that's 
blasphemy. I, I mean, that's, that's just like that's, that's a sin against the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the, like, that's this serious. Is, this is such a, a great quote, and and uh, Sheila and I, are, as, you, as you're saying that, we're like, we got to share this. I saw that in the corner of my eye. That's amazing. The the want of proper examination, true contrition, and a firm purpose of amendment is the cause of bad confessions and the ruin of souls. So St. Benedict Joseph Labray. So, you know, again... Read that again. That, yeah, read that I was again. about to say... The wants of... Like, if you don't have a proper examination, true contrition, which takes time, it takes time. You have to invest time to get to this place of contrition and understanding the effect of what your sin is doing, and a firm purpose of amendment... That's what I was getting to, that yeah, firm purpose of amendment. Is, ...is a necessary part to a good confession. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the amendment that you... Like, this needs to be... But again, that's that, that's that hatred of sin, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the cause of bad confessions. When these things aren't there, that's when a bad confession occurs, and it is to the ruin of our souls. And that's where presumption is just such a, a bad place to get into Yeah, because it can cause the ruin of the soul. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Ryan. Um, you know, one of the things, <laughs> <laughs> thanks Ryan. Well, well, one of the things I was thinking about too, is like just the failure, <laughs> the failure associated with, you know, being a disciple or, uh, you know, and, and so you've got like this firm amendment, which I've experienced several times, and and then and then I'm back in there yeah. again, and I got another firm amendment. Yeah. But uh, you know, I see like Pope John Paul II, Saint Pope John, and how much how much he went to confession was like weekly. Mind boggling to me. I was just like, he's he's going to confession like every four or five days, you know. And I'm thinking like, well, he he can't be doing new sins. Like, I mean, he's not. He's kind of old, and you know, it's just not. So he's got to be in there confessing the same. I, I would, I would guess, half of them are the same sins. Yeah, you don't smoke crack and kill rabbits your whole life, and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> stop, stop, and then start burning down houses. I mean, right? You know, you, you like the stew. You like, you like that crack rabbit stew, right? Oh, <laughs> oh goodness! You know, I, I think this is a good point. Is um, you know, is the amendment part? Is there is some things that you can do to really start to take. Preventative maintenance, right? There's there's the washing, but there's some things you could do to prevent your you know your stuff from getting dirty, yeah. and that's that's prayer, that's fasting, that's uh, fraternity with other people, um, you know, having penance. support, having uh, you know, penance, having your um, spiritual direction, spiritual reading. We've talked about all these in an episode before, and one of the a great resource I'd recommend for, for you know particularly for men is Exodus ninety. That's a great oh, yeah. app to keep you on the straight and narrow, especially to maintain mm. your purity after confession and to make a full a firm resolution towards and to not be governed by your appetites, right? Which are avenues of through the senses, yeah, avenues to sin. Yeah, Exodus yeah. ninety. It's really based a lot on the the wisdom of the desert fathers, like Evagrius, right? They distract you. From acknowledging your sin and amending them, right? right? I think there's so many distractions in the world. You could just take take those things away, those little comforts away. You put it. I mean, I'm just thinking the phone, like mm -hmm. just the the way that they don't do social media or whatever. Or fasting from it. You, yeah, yeah. You're not doing that. God, Lee, man. Like when I got rid of Facebook, man, I I my whole my life changed, man. Mm -hmm. I'm just like. Wow, there's TikTok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally joking. Yeah, so go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Exodus90, um, and you can download this app, and they've got a lot of great resources. They have prayer. They have structures for you to be able to, you know, do these types of things that, are, like I said, they're preventative maintenance to maintain your purity after a confession. So mm -hmm. we couldn't recommend them enough. Yeah, they really help with amendment and and the discipline that it takes to live an amended life to God's will. Discipline, great word. For it, it. It, that's that's really, they've really set a culture into movement right now that is really helping tens of thousands of people that I, you know, I've, I've met so many people that have been impacted by Exodus 90 wherever I've gone yeah. in uh, in my travels. It's, it's really inspiring. You know, so I guess... You know, as we close this episode out, that's just some tips on making a good confession, but I can't stress enough. The most important aspect is a full openness and honesty and not holding anything back because God already knows your sin. 
he already knows you're not hiding it from him by not confessing it. And the priests don't the really pri- don't. They don't even. I mean, they're not going to bring that Look, out. It's like, hey, that dude that was in confession today. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! One of the best confessions I've ever had. Even if you want to get into a more regular confession schedule, one of the best confessions I ever had was with a Filipino priest who could not speak English while I was traveling for business in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I just laid it on him. I'm like, this dude doesn't know me. I don't even know if he knows what I'm saying. And I laid it out, and it was a great confession. That might be something for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you can get into a. <laughs> You know, you're more Find regular. a FilipinoPriest.com. Um, yeah. We should get that app, dude. All right. But, um, you know, really being fully open and honest <laughs> with your confession is the number one tip, you know. And, and the other things are structures to help you get to that 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 real honesty, you know, getting washing the Lord's feet with your tears. That's that's where you want to be with confession. And uh, that's, that's what I want to leave with everybody with uh, is really the words of St. Ambrose on tears. We started with Mary Magdalene, and we have one of the great fathers of the church explaining to us that tears are important, and and God wants to get into that place of of the depth of our soul and for us to go through the tears of repentance. So St. Ambrose says of the two conversions that in the church are, there are water and tears conversion, the water of baptism, and the tears of repentance. And the tears of repentance come subsequent to our baptism. And to realize that we have the opportunity to be washed in those tears of repentance and to pour them out on the feet of Jesus, just like Mary Magdalene did. Now, I want to remind everyone, if you want to become a supporter of the show, you can go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. We, uh, you got a lot of great benefits for that, a lot of cool gear. You get access to hangouts virtually, in-person hangouts. If I can, maybe I'll post my recipe for crack rabbit stew on there. <laughs> There's a lot of go- a lot of great benefits, so go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon to help support the show. And then also, just a shout-out again to Exodus 90 and Hollow. Our sponsors go to hollow.com forward slash the Catholic Talk Show or exodus90.com forward slash the Catholic Talk Show to try those out. Yeah, we really appreciate their partnership, Exodus 90 and Hollow. And we really appreciate all of our subscribers and our patrons out there. Thank you to each and every single one of you. Crack, rabbit, stew. (laughs) Break. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. And if you do, go to confession, and we'll see you in the mercy of God. God bless. We'll see you next week.